All right. Well, we'll welcome everyone here uh, in the name of the Lord. It's uh, it's been a big week when you when you're looking at uh, international events. And I was just um, if you want to open to Malachi uh, chapter four, I've titled uh, the talk this afternoon uh, the Gospel, God's Rescue Plan. And uh, there's a, a couple of things that uh, uh, happened this week. Uh, Pastor Chris Cave in Hungary. He sent this article and it was about um, this uh, war games that are happening. Uh, it's going to start on Tuesday. Uh, Russia and China are, are uh, setting up uh, war games. They've called it East uh, 2018. And uh, it went to various pastors. And just uh, reading the article uh, and having a look and going through it, I was just so glad that uh, we've uh, received the gospel and we've got this exit plan from men's stupidity and uh, you know I'm a, I'm a person that loves my history and reading through World War One, World War Two, um, and just how how stupid the whole thing is and what a waste of life and uh, people that uh, seem to be wise and ruling this world uh, not thinking twice about killing people uh, not not just a few people but in the millions and yet it's happening again and they're practicing to kill more people again and I was just reading through this article going praise the Lord we've got a gospel and all the people said that uh, we've got a, an exit plan we've got good news we've got something that uh, the Lord's come up with with his wisdom and we know that uh, the Lord's wisdom is wrapped up in love and uh, and the personal relationship with him so um uh, Chris Kay is uh, he's probably uh, the most worried about it because he's only next door to to Russia so we've got we've got a few more uh, minutes before the um, missiles hit us here but uh, Pastor Warren in the UK he just said uh, uh, fascinating analysis uh, what the Russians appear to be doing and what they're actually doing can be two completely different things it says uh, um, that's what makes them the supreme chess players of world uh, diplomacy and uh, that's exactly what's happening in this world we actually um, don't know what's what's going on what's what's happening in in the secret uh, uh, meetings and all their all their planning but praise the Lord um, we've got uh, the ultimate uh, early warning system and it's the scriptures and uh, the, the Lord's been telling us about these things uh, this particular prophecy here uh, 2,400 years ago, and it's in Scripture, and it's relevant to our day. So we're going to read, um, we'll start in verse 1. And the Lord giving us warning about men's uh, stupidity, it says, For behold, the day cometh uh, that it shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be as stubble. And the day, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts and it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Okay, so this prophecy still is yet to pass, but because it's locked away here in Scripture, it's going to come to pass. So the Lord wants us to um, live our lives according to the things that he's revealing to us. So his warning plan. But in verse 2, it says, it starts off with, But, but unto you that uh, fear my name, uh, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and uh, ye shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be as ashes under, your, uh, under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Okay, so from 
right from the beginning here, the Lord's actually telling us what's going to come to pass. And there's going to be this, this huge division between the ones that are going to follow after their own natural desires and put their trust in natural man. And uh, you just have to look at history to see what the wisdom of natural man is. Millions are going to be killed, and at the end of it, more problems. And so what's happening with this uh, East and West standoff now is just um, World War II hasn't finished off, right? They're still at a standoff. It, the, the problems haven't, um, uh, haven't been solved because really the problem, the Lord's saying, is in your hearts. You actually haven't submitted to me. You haven't uh, bowed down to me. And he goes on, says here in verse 4, Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. And so the Lord is now taking us back and, and saying, well, what sort of attitude do you need to have this revelation for you to understand what's going on? And simply the Lord's saying, I want you to be obedient. I want you to, I've, I've given you my word and I've made it available to you. I haven't made it cryptic that uh, you cannot read it. It's, it's going to be very relevant in your lives. I want you to simply be obedient to it and soften to my will. That's all I want you to do. And if you do that, the Lord goes on and says, verse 5, Behold, I send you Elijah, uh, the prophet, uh, before the coming of that great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest they come and smite the earth with a curse. And so there's a wonderful prophecy here about... Um, Elisha. Elisha means God is Jehovah or God is Lord. And, um, and, and really the, the message here, as uh, we see it in the next uh, 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 chapter we're going to is uh, Mark chapter 1, if you want to turn to that. But as you're going, as you're going to that, uh, this thought of God being Lord needs to be um, in our lives, that uh, God now uh, can be found. He, it's a, he's, a, he's a personal God. He's a God that, uh, be, uh, that can become your father. He's a God um, that you can have a personal relationship with. This is how you're going to um, have this, this wonderful life, this wonderful uh, rescue plan, this good news of the gospel. So we start in verse 1, uh, Mark chapter 1 and verse 1, and it starts off with this bang. In the beginning... Uh, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So right from the start, Mark is saying that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I'm going to tell you why he's the Son of God. It goes on in verse 2. As it is written uh, in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy faith, a face uh, which shall prepare uh, thee away before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight. And John did baptize in the wilderness, and, uh, and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out uh, unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and they were all baptized of him in the river, uh, river of Jordan, confessing their sins. Okay, so between that first prophecy we read, Malachi, and then John coming onto the scene here, that was 400 years um, 
uh, Bible uh, scholars call that the silent years. These 400 years where there, was no, there wasn't uh, a prophet preaching the word of God. And so it just went, it went quiet there. And all of a sudden, there was this voice in the wilderness, John the Baptist, and he was preaching repentance. He was preaching, God is Jehovah. God is, it can be identified. You can have a personal relationship with God now. And God is not just this, this uh, um, vague thing that people don't understand or, or whatever. God is the creator. He's set this all up. And here he sent a messenger for you to come unto him so you can identify uh, a path for you to follow. And that's what John did. And you can see the uh, result. Um, and it says, all the land of Judea uh, and they of Jerusalem. So there was a massive momentum happening here because people were thirsting for the word of God. Yet they had their religion. They had uh, their whole um, Jewish uh, religional setup with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they had their temple. But yet these people were thirsting. There was something missing. And so they came, uh, multitudes came to hear the preaching of John. And uh, verse 6, And John was clothed uh, with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins and did eat locusts and wild honey. So he was different. Uh, this was an alternative. He didn't look like a Pharisee. He didn't look like a religious man. This man was a symbol and a sign in the wilderness. And people recognized that and they came to him. Uh, verse 7, And preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I, uh, uh, mighty than I after me, whose latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed baptize with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days uh, that, uh, that Jesus came from Nazareth of, of, of Galilee and, uh, and was baptized of John in Jordan. And it says here, And straightway coming out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Praise the Lord. You know, we've got to, in, in the back of our mind, we've got to understand that uh, there was 400 years of silence and then all this action happening uh, before the people there. And uh, here it was, John the Baptist, that was prophesied in, in Malachi. And then later on, Jesus comes and he's baptized. And it talks about this, the heavens open up and the spirit coming down and then a voice from heaven saying, this is Jesus, this is my son, whom I'm well pleased. And it, um, it's just an incredible uh, momentum that is uh, beginning here. Verse 14, just go down to verse 14. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came unto Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Believe God's exit plan. Here it is. Jesus Christ was like this alarm sounding. Uh, you know, silence for a very, very long time and Jesus Christ comes on the scene here and he says, the time is fulfilled. And uh, that's going to happen again where Jesus Christ returns a second time. And the things that we're seeing in the world are all fulfilling Bible prophecy. And so we can see clearly that uh, we're at the end of the age. 
that every time we come here on a Sunday, we're getting closer to the day of the Lord. And that should really excite us because Jesus Christ is going to say it's time soon. Here it was, 400 years and nothing, and all of a sudden Jesus come. it's time. The, all the prophecies that wrote about, all the prophecies that are locked away in Scripture are now being fulfilled in your ears. You should be excited. You should take hold of what's happening, this opportunity. We'll go to uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And here, this is Jesus, uh, a similar time there. He walks into a, a synagogue and he um, proclaims uh, the gospel. So Luke uh, chapter 4, verse 18. These are the scriptures that are in Isaiah 61. And uh, they were written 700 years before this time. Okay, so they're locked away there 700 years. It, Jesus said it's time, and then he starts reading this in verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of, of sight to the blind, to set at liberty they that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That... Um, is incredible because that now um, uh, it's an opening to the ones listening. I just wanted to go through um, what the Lord actually did there. Firstly, the Lord was authorized. He was um, anointed from above. There was a, a sound from heaven and uh, God uh, said, this is my son and it thundered and people uh, heard that and uh, that was um, reported. People were saying something happened in the wilderness. Was, uh, John the Baptist, who was preaching repentance, uh, he identified the Messiah. We saw these things. And here Jesus comes. And uh, uh, the, the thing he says firstly is that um, uh, he's preaching to the poor or, or to the humble, the ones that uh, are going to receive him. So the gospel God's rescue plan firstly um, needs to be received with a humble heart. Otherwise, you'll miss it. That's why there's guys preparing for war games because they haven't got a humble heart. What did Malachi say? It says the proud are the ones that are going to be stubble, burnt. But the humble ones that Jesus said here are the ones that are going to receive life. He goes on, the brokenhearted. That's the second point that the Lord brings. And uh, uh, these... With the with the brokenhearted and and just um, looking at uh, my life and lots of people that have uh, come to the Lord, all of us um, were were sort of looking at this world, looking at our life, and uh, we were brokenhearted. We were we were discouraged. Uh, we didn't see that uh, there was a way um, through. You know, what is our future? Uh, what is our relationship with God? There's lots and lots of question marks. And Jesus said here that I'm going to change all that. You don't have to be disheartened. You don't have to be brokenhearted. Uh, I'm here to love you. I'm going to lay down my life. We're going to remember that um, later on in the meeting, that uh, Jesus Christ laid down his life uh, to show us how much he loved us. And he went through incredible pain to demonstrate to us that uh, he loves us more than anything and that uh, he, he's going to um, do that for us. Deliverance of the captives. Now, that, that is um, the captivity of sin, that Jesus has come here, and sin binds us. Sin, um, it, it puts us in chains like the Bible's describing here. 
whether and, and if you just look at the problems in our society now, you know, the big problems with drugs at the moment and, uh, and a materialistic life and a moral life, not knowing what's right and what's wrong. And with all these things in our society, it just binds people and just keeps people on pause. I know um, when I came to the Lord, uh, my life was just, uh, you know, drinking and taking drugs. And, um, and every now and then I'd catch up with my old mates and, you know, maybe five years' time. They just got older, but they were doing the same things. Oh, what are you doing now? Oh, yeah, instead of drinking uh, at the nightclub, we're drinking at a pub now. Uh, catch up with them in, in 10 years' time. And so they're just, uh, same sort of thing, oh, we're, we're having barbecues and we're drinking in the backyard now and yeah, we're all getting older and slower. And, uh, so people end up uh, being on pause or, in, uh, or captive to their sin, captive, uh, it, goes, it goes on here, um, captive to their, their vision, what they can see, see sight. All of us were blind before we received the Holy Spirit. And people that are captive and uh, too proud to allow the Lord to come into their lives, their life is just on, on pause. And so they just get older, 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 and then they just fall off the conveyor belt, you know, sort of thing. You know, what's happened, what's happened in, uh, to your life? You know, you, you lived your 80 years, you might have bought a couple of houses or, or whatever, went, went on a few holidays. But is that what life's all about? And the Lord's saying here, no, it's not. Life is about freedom. The last point there, set the captives free. That's what life's all about. Life's about being free now. We don't have to worry when we get older. We've got, we got a million... Uh, our life is um, uh, eternal now. You, know, you, you just... You know, life uh, is incredible. Life takes a whole different meaning. You're going to be with the Lord forever. And that's what the Lord came here to do. He came here to just set us free. We'll go back to uh, Mark chapter 1 and we'll pick it up in verse 16 because when Jesus walked out of the synagogue, uh, we can see here what happened in Capernaum and it gives us a little snippet of, um, of what it was like walking with Jesus. And uh, if anyone here hasn't been baptised or filled with the Holy Spirit, your life can can have these signs and wonders that we're going to read about here. So in verse uh, 16, this is just before he got to Capernaum, and this is the way you're, you're called. You're, you're chosen by God. That's, that's how it happens. Uh, when the Lord comes and sets you free, he comes and he seeks you out. Verse 16, And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. They were fishermen. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make, uh, I, uh, uh, and I will, uh, make you become fishers of men. And they straightway forsook their nets and followed him. So it seemed like a really good occupation. I'll follow the Son of God instead of you know, chasing after these fish. And when they had gone a little further hence, they saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with their hired servants, and they went after him. So that little, that uh, part here describing our calling, that Jesus knows where we are, he knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're desiring. And you can see clearly that these guys here were desiring a better life. They didn't want to die fishermen. 
they were reading scriptures and they were trying to piece together who the Messiah was and what their purpose was. And so when you're thinking those things, you're putting yourself in a humble state. You're putting yourself uh, in a, an malleable position where God can come and, uh, and mould your life so that you can serve him. And so that's very, very important in our lives that uh, we continue to, to do that because the Lord's called us and he wants us to stay obedient, stay humble and malleable. And so these guys moved. Jesus came, he chose, and they just, they just moved out of their situation into this amazing life with the Lord. Verse 21. And, uh, and they went into Capernaum and, and straight away on the Sabbath they entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Straight away they saw the difference. Here it is. What, what a refreshing thing. We're hearing someone preach to us that knows what he's talking about, that isn't giving us another process that might work. You know, try this or, or try that. No, the, the, they could see straight away that if they listened to the Lord, that they were going to have their lives changed. And that's what he was preaching here. And you can, um, and when you're in a humble state and when you're uh, open to the Lord, you can see that straight away. That happens um, straight away. And that's what these people uh, uh, experienced here. Verse 23. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, let us, alone, uh, let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know who that thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him, and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And uh, they, they were all amazed, insomuch they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? And what new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread out uh, throughout the, all, all the region around about Galilee. Isn't that just, just incredible how when the Lord came in, uh, and the Lord here is demonstrating that he is um, Lord of the earth and Lord in the spiritual realm. There was nothing that uh, he didn't have an answer for. There was, there was nowhere that he, uh, his uh, authority was limited. Here he was demonstrating that he had authority over unclean spirits, over Satan, over the natural situation, over everything. And people were saying, this is it. This is God visiting us. This is the Messiah. This is uh, Emmanuel, God with us. And they recognize that because of the signs and the wonders. And that should never change. And, and that's the testimony that went out in verse 28. Immediately a fame spread throughout all the region. Um, we'll go down, uh, just reading. Uh, and forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, uh, they, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew and James and John. And Simon's, mother, uh, and Simon's wife's mother laid sick of a fever, and, uh, and, they, and they told him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and all them that were possessed with devils. And, and all the city was uh, together gathered at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out uh, many devils 
and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. So at the end of this, uh, this day, it was just incredible. Just the fame went out and in came all the people that had problems. I've got a problem with this. I need a healing for this. And people just spreading the good news. There's an exit plan. God's here. Uh, the silence is over. There's uh, preaching with authority. There's actually signs, wonders and miracles happening here. Come and see. Now, this gospel hasn't changed, praise the Lord, in our, in our time here, just hearing uh, Peter's testimony of his changed life and uh, the testimonies that we know from each other that uh, our lives have been changed and they've been changed by the authority of God. They've been changed, not just um, it might happen or, or there's, these, uh, there's these wishes or whatever, I hope this happens in my life. No, God can, can change our lives and, and this, is, this is the beginning of all that. Uh, we'll go to, um, let's go to Acts chapter 2. And it just keeps on getting better because here there was Jesus walking around. But then later on, when Jesus was, um, when he died and when he rose again, uh, he fulfilled uh, the, the, the final part of his plan where he was going to fill us with the same authority that he had, the same anointing. And uh, in chapter 1, he told the disciples uh, even though they were really excited seeing him, really excited being part of the miracles, he said, it's not finished. I'm commanding you to stay here in Jerusalem because uh, the story is not over. You're going to be empowered. We'll go to um, chapter 2 and verse 1 and read about the day of Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and there's, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it, full, uh, and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance and we can see here that uh, here it was the next stage where um, god was going to deliver us and he was going to give us this authority the same authority that jesus had we're going to be an extension to uh, the Lord's uh, ministry here that the Lord said wait and here it happened and this prophecy again that was uh, locked away in scripture has come to pass and it was time and people were filled with the Holy Ghost and this is what we've experienced uh, if we go to just going down go to verse uh, 22 As, peop as uh, Peter were stood up, now having, having enough um, conviction and enough strength within um, to stand up to the religious uh, people, the ones that uh, killed Jesus, he was now expounding some amazing things. And uh, we're just reading here, this is what um, uh, David, uh, King David wrote in the Psalms. Uh, and in verse 22, Peter is, is now expounding on what's actually happening here. People being filled with the Holy Ghost and there was going to be a change. The world's going to change forever. In verse 22, you men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved by God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, uh, which God did um, by him in the midst of you as you yourselves also know many of those people saw and witnessed the things that jesus did him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of god you have taken 
and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David uh, uh, speaks concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad, moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. Isn't that an amazing promise here? It describes what it's like receiving the Holy Ghost. Uh, um, David was given an insight to what happens. You know, when you receive the Holy Ghost, your heart is glad, and your tongue, uh, your heart rejoices and your tongue is glad. You're speaking out in tongues. And it says here, and after that, my flesh shall rest in hope. You don't have to worry about getting old. You don't have to worry about your future. It's all set. Your heart now is uh, filled, with the, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Your heart's rejoicing. Your, your tongue is now giving praise to God, which is this perfect language. goes on in verse 27. Because thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made unto me the ways of life, and thou shalt make uh, me full of joy with thy countenance. This personal relationship with, with the Lord. You know that Holy Ghost smile that we have? Where you can see a saint. You can see uh, their heart rejoicing. You can see the Holy Ghost smile because everything's covered. Um, problems or, that are happening right now, healing that we need, we know that's covered. Our future's covered. If we make mistakes in the future, if we look to the Lord, it's, it's covered. The whole thing is now complete. And, and David is saying here to rejoice. We had a, a really amazing uh, week of the, um, the Friday night hookups back to Iran are happening. That's, that's been continuing. Uh, but this uh, week in particular, one of the guys that we baptized, his name's Amin, um, he, he suffered a lot of depression and uh, mental anguish and, and all, all sorts of things that he just had no, no answer for. And he was on, I gave the testimony a few weeks ago, but he was on these uh, pills for 20 years. Um, he's over 40, so half his life he's been on these, these pills. Since he came back from Armenia, he was healed and he's not taking these pills any, anymore. And um, his mum and his older sister that didn't come to Armenia, they're just watching his behaviour and just saying, this is incredible. And they've been watching it for weeks. But uh, it was time last week that they wanted to hook up and they wanted to know about the gospel, the exit plan. What is this good news? That What has he come back um, and, and, and what has he received? What has he heard in Armenia and come back and, and experienced? You know? And um, his, his best friend too, Daniel, um, was there as well. So there's three of them. On Thursday night, we had the working bee here, and we were just, they called us so just in the prayer room there, hooking up with them. And um, his mum, uh, she, she's full on into Islam. She prays five times a day. And um, in, this, in this hookup there, which I'm just looking at the screen and going, this is incredible. These people know nothing about the scriptures, yet they recognize the authority and the power of God and the testimony uh, through, their, through their, uh, their younger brother and, and, and their son and, and, and a best friend there. They could just recognize this. And so we had some prayer for the Holy Spirit. And, um, and then when Amin was explaining to his mum about, you know, how you pray and how you go about living your life as a Christian, she goes, well, you don't have to pray five times a day? No. 
You don't have to get up early in the morning and, and not feel guilty. If I haven't got up at, at four to, to pray in the morning and then again another four times, no, she goes, this is a great religion. You know? she goes, you've, you've had this amazing healing in your life and I don't have to carry this burden that people have put upon me. And so we hooked up again the following night on Friday and you can see their face. Um, she didn't have, um, her, her, she's taken her, her um, headdress off and both, both beaming and, and um, waiting for the scriptures, waiting to have prayer. Now that's the gospel. You know, that is power demonstrated in our lives where these people are now thirsting for the word of God. And it just, um, when I was seeing that on my screen and just looking at the people here in Judea and Jerusalem that have just been, um, just had this law and this burden put upon them and then silence from God and all of a sudden, there's John the Baptist in the wilderness. There's the Lord coming on the scene preaching this uh, amazing gospel, not only preaching the gospel, but then signs, wonders and miracles that people were coming, getting healed. People were, were um, having uh, the Lord's plan revealed to them that their, their eyes are open. And that's what's happening in our lives. And uh, the Lord hasn't changed. And he just wants us to go out and, and rejoice in this. And and uh, this here is the gospel we're reading at verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that is both dead and buried, and his uh, subbooker is um, here with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn um, uh, with him an oath, uh, an oath unto him, uh, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Uh, he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell neither his flesh did see corruption this is all changing now people knew the process of death they knew that uh, you know once someone dies that's it the the flesh is going to corrupt and 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 there's and that's just the way it is Jesus changed all that he said that we're going to be raised up that uh, the day that he comes back those of us that are alive, we're going to be changed in a twinkling of an eye. And those, that are, those of us that have slept in the Lord will be raised up. And uh, it's all going to change. There's, no, there's not this, uh, this, this dead end. And, and it talks about here Jesus, that uh, he died, but he saw no corruption. This Jesus that God has raised up, whereof we are all witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, which is shed for this, which you now see and hear. So it's not only words, this thing that you've witnessed this day, people speaking out in tongues, the Holy Ghost, the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, you'll see it and you'll hear it. And not only will you, you'll see, you'll see signs and wonders following these people. For David has not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, uh, uh, the Lord, that's Jehovah in capital, said unto my Lord, sit thou upon my right hand until I make thy, fo thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? 
This here is the most important question in the whole Bible. This is the most important question um, because it, uh, it changes your life from being in a state where it's, it's got no future, um, you've got no eternal life, to switching all that around and, uh, and receiving eternal life and favour with God. They ask, what do we do about everything you just said? What do we do about the signs, wonders and miracles that don't line up with our religious processes? What do we do about Jesus Christ um, being resurrected, about people receiving the Holy Ghost? And now what do we do about our sin? What do we, what, where do we go for, from, from this point? Where's our future? And here is the gospel. This is the exit plan. And then Peter said unto them, repent. And that's so important, this, this word repentance. And it's what, um, is what the Lord was talking about right back in Malachi where he said, follow after Moses and, and, and let the, everything that you're hearing from God, all his commandments and all his statutes and all that, let that, let that rule in your life and let that make, um, give effect of the, the actions of your life. You know, be malleable, be soft to the word of God. So repentance is a big thing because repentance means you're open to receive of the Lord, that you've dropped your own religion or your own ideas or your own uh, answers to things and you, you've, turned on to, you, you've turned to God. And be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as our Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. This generation that uh, is damned, this generation that is uh, wicked, the generation that is so proud that they're not, going to, um, they're, they're not going to have a future with God. And so that's, that's the gospel, that's the exit plan. Just want to finish off in Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2 um, we won't read the whole thing, but this is the, the time where Nebuchadnezzar receives um, this dream. And the dream is the image, uh, and it's a timeline. And going back to prophecy and where we are in this timeline, um, we're right down um, at the feet, uh, and particularly uh, at the toes of, uh, of clay and iron, trying to mix, but uh, it's so unstable and, uh, and weak that it's, it's not going to hold up for much longer. But it's, a, it's just an amazing um, uh, story here where uh, it's a really, really ridiculous thing that um, Nebuchadnezzar asks. So he, he, he um, receives this dream, wakes up and forgets the dream. And then he looks around, he goes, I'm paying all these uh, uh, musicians and, I'm um, not musicians, uh, the wizards and the, and the uh, soothsayers and, the, and the, um, the um, wise men and all these guys are sitting around his table, eating his food, he's paying them cash. And then he's going, well, I've forgotten this dream. I know it's really important, so I want you to tell us the dream. And the guys are looking at him going, does this guy think that we're in contact with God or, or, or whatever? Uh, we're just play acting here. We can't, we can't give you uh, interpretation of your dream because we're not connected with God. And so Nebuchadnezzar makes this decree and he goes, I want you to kill all the wise men, the astrologers, all the, all the guys that, uh, um, uh, that are in my... And I want you to, to kill them all. And so Daniel was part of the, this group. So Daniel... Uh, tells the guard 
uh, what's going on here? You know, they're getting, they're getting kicked out of their rooms. And, and Daniel said, well, can you, give, can you ask the king to give me some time? I'll go and seek the Lord, and then I'll come back with an interpretation. So this is um, verse 34. So Daniel chapter 2, verse 34. And thou sawest till the stone was cut out with hands. Oh, sorry, now verse 31, sorry. We'll just take it from, from the beginning here. Uh, thou, king, um, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. And the, uh, and the image head was of fine gold, and his breast and his arms of silver, and his belly and thighs of brass. His legs of iron, and his feet part of iron and part of clay. And thou sawest till the stone was cut out uh, without hands, which smote the image uh, upon his feet uh, that were iron and clay, and break them into pieces. And then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold broken into, uh, broken into pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer uh, threshing uh, floors. And the wind carried them away that there was no place found uh, for them. And the stone which smote the image became a great mountain and it filled the whole earth. That's going to happen very soon, folks. Verse 36. This is the dream, and I will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, are a king of kings. For the Lord of heaven hath given unto thee a kingdom, power and strength and glory. That wheresoever the children of men dwell, and the beasts of the field and the fowls of heaven uh, hath he given into thy hand, and thou... Uh, and uh, thou hast made uh, thee ruler over, uh, over them all, and thou art this head of gold. And after these there shall arise a, a kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall uh, uh, bear rule over the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh uh, all these things that shall break in pieces and bruise. And where is it thou sawest feet and, uh, and toes, a part of potter's clay and part of iron? The kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be uh, in it of strength of iron, for as much as thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes and the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. So that's where we are right at this moment. You've got religious forces getting into politics. So you've got uh, the Orthodox Church in Russia. You've got the Catholic Church. For the first time ever, the Catholic Pope is a Jesuit, which uh, is the political wing of the Catholic Church, that uh, they make these secret vows to push the Catholic Church forward uh, any means possible, whether they need to kill people, whether they need to start wars. So you've got... You, we haven't had that in the history of mankind. We've got a Jesuit pope. And the Bible says here, as they plan and they scheme, it's just going to all fall into pieces. And so verse 44 says, uh, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, 
which shall never be destroyed, and a kingdom that shall not be left to another people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest uh, that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has, mo has made uh, known unto, uh, unto the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Praise the Lord. You know, um, what we're reading here, folks, and what the Lord said when he, um, when he had the, the supper, the last supper with his disciples, he was rejoicing because he was going to sit around the table with them very, very soon in, in the scheme of things. That uh, the second day hasn't quite... Uh, ended and and on the third day the bible says that uh jesus christ shall return just like that prophecy in malachi with healing in his wings the son of righteousness and um it, it's just going to be uh, incredible with that email that i mentioned earlier pastor jock sent a um a response back i'll just read it just to finish and um it says uh we will uh, be up this is talking about uh, uh being transformed uh, uh transfigured uh, we shall be um, up and back in a twinkling of an eye. Fortunately, we already have our early warning system, the scriptures. So uh, that's, that's what's happening now, folks. It's just we're seeing it all unfold. Um, we're right here at the end of the age. Jesus Christ just wants us to get around, uh, worship him, rejoice uh, in the wonderful gospel, this exit plan, and all people said, amen. Okay, I'll just hand over to... Um